to the Good for Others podcast. I'm your host, John Valencia, and with me today is our producer, Samantha Herod. Hey, guys. Today's guest is Sandra Joseph. Sandra Joseph is a history-making Broadway star, a number one international Amazon bestselling author, and a keynote speaker. Her legendary run as Christine in The Phantom of the Opera spanned 10 years and more than 1,300 performances and earned her the record as the longest-running leading lady in the longest-running Broadway show of all time. She has been seen on numerous national broadcasts, including The Oprah Winfrey Show, CNN, The Today Show, Dateline, The Early Show, The View, and Oprah, Where Are They Now? Currently, Sandra is on a mission to empower other people's voices. Her one-of-a-kind musical keynote program inspires audiences to become world-class performers and unmask what matters most in their lives and careers. Sandra is a member of the Transformational Leadership Council, an invitation-only group of 125 top thought leaders. Sandra is also an author. She's written Unmasking What Matters, 10 Life Lessons from 10 Years on Broadway. She's also the co-author with five-time New York Times bestselling author, Carolyn Mace, of Your Creative Soul, Expressing Your Authentic Voice. So welcome, Sandra. Thank you so much, John. I'm so happy to be here with you. All right. To kick off today's podcast, I'm going to ask you a few lightning round questions to get to know you a little bit better. How does that sound? Uh, Nerve wracking. Okay. All right. Let's go. All right. 80s or 90s music? 70s. A hundred percent. I love it. (laughs) Donuts or cookies? Cookies. Jesus Christ Superstar or Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat? Superstar, without a doubt. Rock and yes. roll. Halloween or Christmas? Um, Christmas. Night Owl or Early Riser? Oh, Night Owl. Theater person. Yeah. <laughs> Would you rather have an abnormally big toe or an abnormally big ear? <laughs> toe. And on a more serious note, who or what inspires you? Nature. Mm. That's awesome. Why? Nature inspires me because it is so thoroughly itself. Right now, I'm looking out my window here in San Diego at a tree and a hummingbird just went and landed on that tree. And I can see it bopping its little head around. We have these stunning ruby-throated hummingbirds here where their necks look like they've been adorned with sequins. And what I've learned about these little amazing creatures is they're, you know, though though they be but little, they are fierce. They're they're warriors, they're strong, yet they're delicate. Um, They flap their wings 80 beats per second. And so that got me thinking, See, this is where the inspiration comes. Like I started going down the rabbit hole a little bit and looking into that. Do you know the human vocal cords slap together? Like the, So the hummingbird's wings beat 80 beats per second. A male speaking voice, the vocal cords beat 100 beats per second. And a oh. female voice, 200 beats per second. And 
when singing, it can be multiple times higher than that. Like if I sing a high note, I've actually been, uh, had the frequency measured. It can be upwards of a thousand beats per second. Like the miracle of nature to me is a mirror of the miracle of human existence. Wow. That's amazing. That's you're, you're a hummingbird. Oh, you're you're like five hummingbird. It's my spirit (laughs) animal for sure. (laughs) I love it. All right. So before we jump in today's topic, tell us a little bit about your background. I grew up in Michigan in the Detroit area to a wonderful mom and dad and sister and a middle class to lower middle class family, big Lebanese tribe on my father's side. And we spent most of our time with, with that side of the family. So I felt very supported, but I also had a lot of self-doubt and insecurities. My older sister was brilliant and outgoing and I was shy and timid. And, but we, I was fortunate that my family loved the theater. My dad in particular loved actors and singers. And he did a little bit of acting as a young man and they took us to see shows. They took us to the theater and I fell in love at a very early age with that particular art form musicals. I just thought were the most magical thing in the world. And I didn't understand why when you're walking down the street, there weren't like big group dances breaking out and song, but I thought it was real. And I wanted to be, I wanted to live in that world. Yeah. Um, so I eventually started doing shows in, in high school and college. I got a communications degree. I was afraid to admit that I wanted to try to make a living doing that. But eventually I did move to New York and take the crazy risk of trying to turn it into a career, which, you know, it almost didn't happen. But eventually it, 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 I was in the right place at the right time and, and I found the right part for me. So that, that changed my life forever. Wow. Well, thank you. So as we talk about today's topic, um, making your heart sing, finding your true authentic voice, you know, that's, that's exactly who you are. Um, I was fortunate to, to see you in a, really amazing conference in Vancouver last year. And you were the keynote speaker, probably my favorite keynote speaker I've ever experienced. And I've been to a lot of conferences over my, my, my career. And you have a really wonderful way of explaining how you have overcome so much um, and taken fear and threw it out the window and really understood yourself and your self-worth and that allows you to be so confident and walking across the stage or whatever it may be um, you do it with grace and confidence and it is truly inspiring so I'm excited for our audience today to hear how you've gotten to this part of your life and and embraced um, all of these different qualities we have 
but used them to your advantage. So with that, um, let's talk about confidence, right? That's something that um, people really have to work on, a skill that we can work on as humans. So did you always have a strong sense of self growing up? I know you mentioned you were insecure, but how did that evolve over time? What were some of those things that um, allowed you or ex have experiences that pushed you uh, to really uh, become more uh, self-confident in your own skin? Oh, well, thank you for your kind words, John. I, I share my story in my keynote, not to talk about myself and my own journey, but to share what humanizes us all and brings us all together. And I think there's a perception when we see someone up on a stage and there I was part of the most extravagant production in Phantom of the Opera wearing these expensive gowns. And I would get letters from fans saying, oh, you must be the most confident person in the world and all these things. And I thought, oh, man, if they only knew, <laughs> if they only could see behind my mask mm. and it, being a part of Phantom made me hyper aware of the masks that we all wear and we need them in some ways to survive in the world. We have to have an, an identity and we don't want to go around bearing our souls everywhere we go. But it made me really want to start being more transparent and, mm. and being more authentic so that people, so I could, I mean, theater's role all art, really, the goal of it is to hold up a mirror and show us who we are and show us our potential. And I wanted to use my personal story to hold up a mirror and say, I'm just like you. I am no different. The, all the self-doubt voices in your head, I've had them in my head all along. And it's not that they disappeared and, and that's how I made it to Broadway. It's that I learned how to work with them. I learned how to not let those voices sit in the driver's seat. I learned how to say, okay, fear, okay, insecurity, okay, I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, blah, blah, blah. I see you, I am going to hold you tightly and, and comfort you. And now I'm going to put you in your car seat in the back and you can take a little nap while I sit in the driver's seat and I'm I'm going to head toward this destination because that's where I my heart really wants to go. And I got that lesson at an early age when I was in the fifth grade. I auditioned for a little solo in our fifth grade Christmas concert. And I was chosen by Mrs. Maters, my beloved blonde haired, young, I thought she hung the moon music teacher. And she chose me to sing these three lines. And when the moment for my solo came, I, I completely panicked. I actually, before, right before the concert started, I ran over to Mrs. Mater's and I said, I can't do this. And I actually asked her to replace me. And she did. I, I mean, I didn't really give her a choice. I was starting to cry. I couldn't breathe. My cheeks were red and hot and she knew it wasn't going to happen. So I bailed on that opportunity <laughs> and I and I got the lesson at a young age as I watched someone else step forward and sing those three lines that I had practiced and practiced in my room. 
And I, I recognized, oh, it feels really awful to give up on yourself. It feels real. It feels like failure to want to do something and not do it. And I didn't want to have that feeling anymore. It's, it felt like, oh, this is a lose-lose. Yes, it's scary if you put yourself out there and, and you step mm-hmm. out in front of a crowd. But it feels equally, if not more awful, to hold yourself back and try to stay invisible. There's a cost either way. So why not choose the cost that has the potential to bring you joy? Mm-hmm. And so eventually I did push through that fear and, and just, you know, the, the old adage, feel the fear and do it anyway. That's what I did. And, and I started with every, with every attempt, with every movement through my fear, I got a, my spine strengthened a bit. Mm-hmm. It was by doing it that I became more confident. I didn't become confident and then do it. That is huge. <laughs> um, I think one of the things that we've been hearing over and over as a constant theme in our podcast series is this idea that fear can stop people in their tracks. And that can just really, really alter someone's trajectory when they think they're going there. And then all of a sudden they're like, nope. And the idea of then saying, I'm not doing this and quitting. And it can just stifle any sort of movement. Uh, so, you know, for someone listening right now, I mean, you gave great examples, but what you just said was so, so wonderful. What's something that someone can say, like, just start small. Like, what is it that they can be doing? All those things add up, right? Do, if Just overcoming one allows you to feel a little bit more confident, right? Explain a little bit more like that. That's perfect. That's, it's wonderful. Yeah. So one of the things that I find helpful is to, you know, I don't, I I use the word fear uh, frequently in my talks and my Ted talk, I called it fall in love with fear talked about, you know, how can we really embrace this? But because I don't like to get too crazy about semantics, but one thing that is actually really helpful for me is to make a distinction between fear and what is really going on with, with, when we're putting ourselves out there in some way. And what that really is, is vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And once I name it vulnerability, I find that I, I feel more a sense of agency and a sense of choice. Do Mm. I choose to walk toward this feeling? Do I choose vulnerability or, you know, and we've all heard Brene Brown now, God love her. Thank God for her. She's (laughs) helped us to recognize that courage, which is a value so many of us share, to be courageous requires us to walk through vulnerability. And you don't get to connection without walking through vulnerability. And that for me is means connection with our self, with our higher self, with our purpose, with our conviction, our values, connection with others. If you stay hiding in the shadows, if you stay silent and you don't use your voice, you're isolating in some ways from from the connection that is possible and connection and belonging make us feel alive. They they are something that as humans, it makes life worth living and you can't get to connection without walking through vulnerability. So if I name it, do I choose to to walk through this vulnerability vulnerability? It's up to me. 
and I can say no. And sometimes I have to just live in that space of I can say no and give myself that permission for as long as possible. And sometimes for me, it used to be that I would have to say, I can, I can bail on this, like up until the last second, right up until the day I'm going to walk on that stage and sing that solo (laughs) or whatever it may be to give that keynote, um, give myself permission to have an out. And that's there for me if I need it. But every time I, I wind up saying, okay, I can do this. And, and so just to give ourselves, um, that little shot in the arm of, I can bail on this if I want to, but mm-hmm. what, but what's the choice I really want to make for my future, for my future self that will have me look back and say, I'm glad I made that choice. And and I think for most of us, we end up taking the risk, mm-hmm. just saying, yes, I can do this. Yes, I can. Wow. That's so wonderful. Thank you so much. All right. We need to take a quick break, but we will be right back. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation has been at the forefront of inflammatory bowel disease research and care for over 50 years. I've been a proud supporter of the foundation for several years, and I urge you to join the cause too. Whether as a donor or a volunteer, there are so many ways to get involved. Learn more about research, education, and support at Crohn'sColitisFoundation.org. Welcome back to the Good Brothers podcast. Today we are with the fabulous Sandra Joseph, who famously played Christine from Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. Sandra is here with us talking about making your heart sing and finding your true authentic voice. So let's talk a little bit more about what you've done to follow your heart. In every uh, in the conference that I saw you in uh, Vancouver, you definitely talk about um, understanding your own self and letting your your purpose be your guide. And so not only are you an incredible singer and actor, you are also a really remarkable human. Uh, for those listening right now who do not believe a life like yours could be for them, what would you say? Oh, well, I don't encourage anyone to try to have a life like mine or like anyone else's. Whenever we try to uh, compare our our journey to someone else's, we're setting ourselves up for disappointment and insecurity, and we can all do it. And I've seen this at every level. People on Broadway who, by most people's standards, have, quote unquote, made it, they often are looking left and right at other people who are doing better than they are. Well, I didn't. I didn't make it in film or I didn't go get the TV gig I wanted or whatever. It's like we can do the compare despair thing to ourselves at every level. And, you know, we talked in the beginning about how nature inspires me. I often think about how the, the tulip doesn't long to be the rose. It is perfect in and of itself. And its job is to become the fullest expression of itself. And that's my job and your job. And that's, that's our only gig is to recognize that we each have a, a powerful, important purpose that can only be fulfilled through the expression of who we are, not looking at somebody else's expression and saying, well, I would really prefer 
to have Beyonce's expression. <laughs> you know, I'd really prefer <laughs> to have Oprah's impact. You know, we can, when, whenever we do that, we just make ourselves small. It's just a way that the yes. ego comes in and sabotages Agreed. feeling good about what we can contribute. And mm-hmm. every single person can make an important contribution, whether that means your impact is to three people in your household. Maybe it's to your, your partner, your children, your sister, your friends. Maybe you're, you're bringing your full presence and listening and heart to the people closest to you. Man, what a gift. What a gift. That is a, a beautiful use of, of someone's life. We don't have to do big, sweeping, visible things in the world. And I think it's really challenging now with social media. We compare ourselves to, you know, influencers and well, they have the X number of followers or likes or blah, blah, blah. And it, it appears that all of that stuff is what's important. And I just don't buy into it being a numbers game. I value quality over quantity. And the only question for, for us to ask ourselves is, am I using what's mine to give? Am I sharing what is in my heart that wants to be expressed? And am I giving the fullest care and, and expression to what's inside of me, to the people that mean the most to me and to the, the causes that I care most about without comparing without judging, without buying into the small voices that say, I'm not doing enough. I'm not enough. It's not enough. That's just the saboteur that, that we all have, but we have to combat that with, with the positive voices. And I'm sure in, in theater, you, it's probably even more prevalent because you have all these people vying for one role maybe, um, and so much competition. So you probably were naturally just always in this, who's getting this, who's not world. And then being so gracious and grateful when you get it, but knowing that it, it may not last long. And I think that's why, uh, you know, you having a 10 year run in a single role is so remarkable because, you know, that's so rare. And um, so I, I appreciate you. That's why I framed the question that way, because I want people to understand listening that it's it's the little things that we do in the world. And just because, um, you know, your career is on a stage, which is so wonderful, and I would be en- so envious to be on that stage with you. But you know what I mean? That's that's in our own world, in our own circles, especially during COVID right now. Life is so different. Um, it really helps us realize what's that it doesn't matter who what we're comparing ourselves to. We should be looking inward. Like you, like you've been saying to, to really understand who we are, um, have that connection with nature and, and really be our true authentic self. So thank you. That's, uh, I'm, I'm really gr- grateful that you brought that up because that, that quality versus quantity piece you, you talked about as well was, is a constant thread we had. We just had a podcast and they just talked about that as well, about keeping those relationships and understanding that it should be about the quality and not the quantity. And what does that mean um, as we, you know, go in life and, and bark and, and, and build relationships with each other? 
Yeah. And, and, you know, John, the, the book that I wrote is called Unmasking What Matters. And I could have written a book and some encouraged me to, that was about getting the leading role or starring in the thing, you know, getting the success, getting the prize. And I couldn't be in integrity and write that kind of book that was only about the upward climb. Because what I know for sure is that the journey upward is nothing without the journey inward. And that's Mm -hmm. what my book is about. That's what my message is about. Because we project externally. We live in this world where we see the roles that other people play. And we look outward. And then we judge ourselves inwardly for not measuring up to that or whatever. And here I was at the top of my career ladder. You know, I got the starring role. I kept it longer than anybody. I'm the longest running, whatever, you know, it's a thing. And yet, wherever you go, there you are. And what I felt was, oh, the outward stuff, the accolades, the the achievements they don't bring with them the sense of authentic self-worth that I thought that they would. I think we've all kind of been sold a bill of goods. If we think that achievement or any external accolade is going to fill up the void that is existential, that's within us all, you know, we kind of we all come in with this thing. We live in a world of masks and, and mm-hmm. we're looking at everybody's outsides and comparing how we feel on the inside to that. So I had to really recognize our value doesn't come from the roles that we play. Our value is inherent. I believe wholeheartedly in the fundamental worth of every human being, the fundamental dignity of of being born as you i believe mm-hmm. there are there are no mistakes and we all have a role to play but it it matters far less what that looks like from the outside and whether that looks like someone in a starring role or a big influencer with a lot of numbers and followers and things you can have influence and impact sitting alone in your room, filling your heart and, and sending out vibrations of love and gratitude. And you can, I believe you can change life on the planet simply with your, your own big, gorgeous, juicy, beautiful being with your heart. It's not to say we shouldn't do things in the world, (laughs) but we're not human uh, human doings we're human beings and and i think we forget that in this fast-paced world of never enough never enough now you have persevered throughout your life how do you keep come bouncing back when you feel like you have no more energy to give and i think a lot of people are feeling that right now especially with covid but so how do you bounce back and rejuvenate your your being so that you can be that loving compassionate human I love that question, John. Thank you. Because I have to be really, um, I want to be really transparent here and say that, you know, I, I talk about 
all of these things and I'm a keynote speaker and I run around on stages and people listen to me and pay me money for my uh, words. And it, you know, that it, it makes one feel a sense of, Oh, I should always have something to say on that. I should always have an answer. And I'm figuring it out for myself during this time, just like everybody else. And I really feel that it's important to step back sometimes and be quiet. And that's mm-hmm. what I've been doing during COVID. I, I think there's a, a relentless treadmill of accomplishment and doing and figuring out. And sometimes we need to shut it all off and go, go inward and get quiet and rest. Boy, we need a rest revolution There's so much emphasis on performing and I'm a, I'm a one, I think one could argue I'm a pretty darn productive peak performer person after 10 years on Broadway and a keynote career and speaking all over the place. I need rest. I need rest. And, and that's something I've had to really learn to give myself permission to, Mm -hmm. to, yeah, because there's a lot of judgment. There's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of shoulds. And I have really learned the only way for me to perform at my best and be my best self is to really give myself permission to do nothing mm-hmm. a lot more often than um, my inner taskmaster would allow. So I rejuvenate by shutting off. I listen to music. I think music is one of the most underutilized resources for self-care that we have. Music is nourishment for me. And I think we can all find a song that lifts us up or that lets us cry or that moves us or just helps bring us into the moment. Whatever we can do to, to practice really coming into our bodies being present, feeling our feet on the ground, our butt in the chair, getting really into our bodies, out of our heads, resting our minds, becoming more mindful, more present. These are all the things that I do to nurture myself so that I can exist in the world. And and, and right now, with all this uncertainty, you know, I think it's more important than ever that we practice gratitude. We really Mm -hmm. marinate in what's good about life, what's good about other humans, which is why I'm glad you're doing this podcast to celebrate humanity. That's another reason to spend time in nature, to see how it renews itself and give ourselves hope that we too will renew Mm. and come out of this stronger. Absolutely. Now, if you could go back in time and tell your younger self something you wish you would have known back then, what would you have told yourself? I would say, oh, sweetheart, <laughs> relax, <laughs> relax and and have more fun. Don't take mm. yourself so seriously. Don't take it all so seriously and recognize that your worth isn't out there. You're already worthy. You're already worthy. All those voices of not good enough and the fear and terror of 
trying to prove to myself that I was worthy of the life I'd been given, worthy of the oxygen I was using. I felt such self-loathing in my young life, Mm -hmm. really Mm -hmm. serious self-loathing from early on, right up through Broadway. Even when I was in that star dressing room, I had just a really mean spirited inner critic that would slap me around a lot and make me feel terrible about anything good that I did. It was still never enough. And, oh, I'm so grateful to be on this, the, on the other side of 50 now. And (laughs) it does get so much easier to be Mm. kind, to be kind Mm. to my, I can't believe how mean I was to myself. I would say, Mm. knock it off. (laughs) None of that. No, no, no. I think I, I was raised in this Midwestern paradigm of don't get too big for your britches. That Mm. was a big phrase. Um, and there was almost a pride in being self-deprecating and staying small. And I bought into that far too seriously into that narrative and that I all, I felt afraid to feel good about myself, that that would make me somehow full of myself or mm. it's, it, that was equated with hubris or concern. Sure. Yeah. And I had to do a lot of, of re, reprogramming my brain around that just to, to find a baseline of, uh, of self-worth where I'm not better than anybody else, but I'm also not as the beautiful writer Annie Lamott says, the piece of shit around which the world revolves. <laughs> <laughs> I often felt like the piece oh. of shit the, the world revolved around. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is great. Well, all right, we have to take a quick commercial break, uh, but we will be right back. The Crohn's and Colitis Foundation has been at the forefront of inflammatory bowel disease research and care for over 50 years. I've been a proud supporter of the foundation for several years, and I urge you to join the cause too. Whether as a donor or a volunteer, there are so many ways to get involved. Learn more about research, education, and support at Crohn'sColitisFoundation.org. Welcome Welcome back back to the Good for Others podcast. Today, we are with the amazing Sandra Joseph, who famously played Christine from Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. We've been talking a lot about your life and how you've used your voice and fix that. We've been talking in the last two segments about how you've been able to find your true authentic voice throughout your career. And um, I saw you at a a conference in Vancouver last year, and I'm going to reiterate it again. It was the best experience ever. You um, were just So so... eloquent in how you described your career and in a really raw and powerful way. And it struck everyone with, I got chills at points. It just was, you have a, you have a gift in telling your gift, if that makes any sense. And I think people um, struggle with explaining how they've gotten to the point that they've they're at and you have been able to reflect and understand and be gracious about the journey you've taken to get to where you are and you're sharing that with the world in a really human way and that is so beautiful 
So thank you for that. So let's talk a little bit about what you're doing now and these different conferences and keynotes, speaking events you're doing. Share with us a little bit about what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much, John. It, it took me a long time to figure out how to share my story in a way that was other centered. That was the point. It was not supposed to ever be about me, but sharing my journey, I hope helps other people recognize what's possible for them, which is not to say, oh, if you do X, Y, and Z, you can end up on Broadway. Or uh, It was never about that. <laughs> but we all have a gift. We all have gifts to share. And I didn't want anyone to suffer the way that I did on their way to expressing their voice and sharing their gift. And just to normalize that we we all have the same voices of self-doubt and fear and all of those things. So I have been giving keynotes now as my primary career for the last, oh gosh, I don't know how many years now. And I, I've I've been keynoting for several years now. My book came out in 2018, Unmasking What Matters. And in 2014, I partnered with the brilliant Carolyn Mace on an audio learning program called Your Creative Soul. And what I'm doing now since COVID is taking everything that I know and making it virtual. I'm keynoting online. I'm doing virtual concerts. Um, I actually fell in love with my co-star in Phantom and I married Ron Bomer, who was, was my Phantom. And so he and I love performing together and, and we are now doing virtual concerts from our living room. That's amazing. It's fun. You know, I was very resistant to it in the beginning. I'm mm -hmm. a stage person. I'm a live <laughs> theater person. But I really have seen the impact that online can have that being in a Zoom room with a group of people is a real, a, a legitimate way to bring them together. And I've also noticed people are really starved for live music, for live performing, you know, they, it, it touches us in a way that few other things do. And it took us a while to figure out all the technology and get our fancy sounding, you know, audio mixing board and all that. <laughs> We'd never done any of that ourselves, but we're, we're doing virtual fundraising concerts for nonprofits. We're doing client appreciation events with financial advisors, donor appreciation events with nonprofits, with singing for corporate meetings and keynoting for conferences, all virtually right from our, our living room. And it's really been amazing. Hmm. So, so I'm excited for what the future will hold. I, I do think we will get back to doing in person eventually, of course, but I hope that virtual will stay a, a big part of my life because I really love the intimacy of it. People can, everybody gets a front row seat. They're right yeah. there. They can yeah, see us so up true. close and I can see them oh, in the brilliant. theater. I can never see the audience. So yeah. over Zoom, I see them in the gallery view and it's wonderful. And I can interact in the chat. Well, the good thing is I know a lot of um, nonprofit CEOs are listening now and 
and just general people who work at other um, and not necessarily nonprofits, but for profits too. So uh, you are would be- definitely be in an asset to any sort of event. And I would encourage anyone listening, if you have an event, she is just dynamite and you will um, be very, very impressed with how she delivers everything. And and she sings. So that's pretty amazing too. And I, I didn't, when I will say that when we were in uh, Vancouver and I saw you enter the stage and I, I, I was like, is this, is this happening? Is this real? Oh, okay. All right. She's doing a keynote. Okay. Yeah. There's no, there's not an orchestra. There's it's, it's fine. Don't get too, too excited, John. She's not going to perform and bust out a beautiful tone. Um, and then, and then you, 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 you sneak some in and I was, um, very, 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 very excited for that. So yes. I love, I love the surprise factor. It's, yes. That yes. is by design that I make it seem as though I'm not going to sing. <laughs> I do. I know if all else fails, we will, we'll get some high notes in there and, and <laughs> hopefully people will be happy. <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, it really is. Um, I will echo that. And and your book as well. Um, I know folks can get it on Amazon. Is that correct? Yes, all the places. It's available in all the places. And and you can reach out about events at to info at sandrajoseph.com. Great. So info at sandrajoseph.com. Um, and I, I'm guessing as well, your just website in, in general, Sandra Joseph, can, you can get your contact information um, and see all of the other opportunities that um, Sandra could be to bless an event with her presence. So there's a lot of opportunities, which is great. All right. So let's, um, before we wrap up our amazing podcast. I never want this to end, but we do, we, all good things must come to an end at some point, but we will um, wrap this up with, with, with a quick game we call three wishes. So let's imagine that there's a genie here and this genie is going to grant you three wishes. What would your first wish be? Oh my goodness. World peace. <laughs> yep. All right. I'll take it. That's yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll start there. World peace. Okay, what just, what just about a your small second thing. wish? Yeah, just a, uh, a cure for this pan to end this pandemic. Mm. COVID cure. That's in the, that's my short term mm-hmm. wish. And what about a third wish? That all humans could know their inherent worth and dignity, and that we could live from a place of love instead of fear. Mm. Wow. Yes. Wouldn't that be a very different world for us? I would love that. That would be just, that would be the epitome of, of life if that could be the case. But hopefully, um, you know, we can all do our part and just like you're doing and trying to really find our true authentic self, um, live in our our truth, um, be the best human we possibly can be, um, live and love. And if we can be doing that, and I think the world would be a really great place. Well, thank you so very much for being here with us today. I do want to echo, please do go to sandrajoseph.com to learn more all about how Sandra could um, participate in some upcoming events, whether virtual or hopefully one day in person. Um, But thank you again, Sandra Joseph, for being here. You are 
amazingly talented. You're a remarkable human being who wears your emotions um, on your sleeve. And we are so, so lucky to have you um, on our show and just for the world. You um, you've you've taken your your stardom and used that for the greater good, which is to help us all be better human beings, which is what life's all about. So I think you're doing it really well. So thank you for being you. Uh, your passion is just um, overwhelming and your commitment to humanity is unwavering. And that is just so, so appreciative by so many people. Um, all right. Well, with that, we say adieu. I will say thank you for everyone to tuning in today. For more information about our conversation, please check out our website at goodforothers.org. Before we um, say goodbye, um, Sandra, is there anything else you'd like to say before we uh, depart? Thank you so much, John. And thank you, Jeff and Samantha. Thank you all so much for what you're doing. I really respect and admire how you are using your life and sharing your voice. It's oh. beautiful. So thank you well, for having you. me. As always, we hope you heard something today that inspires you to do good for others. Mm -hmm.